This is Abnormal Entertainment. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. You're listening to the No Cry Zone, a progressive political podcast on the Abnormal Entertainment Network. And welcome to the No Cry Zone. I'm here with John and Rob, like almost always. Um, we're down one living president this week. Uh, well, yeah, I guess, I guess Trump is living still. <laughs> Well, defined. We're down about him, though. Defined. We're down. <laughs> no, jury's out. I've yeah. never seen him in the daytime, yeah, so well. who knows? You know. Here's my uh, here's my thoughts on Trump at this funeral today. I didn't even. I couldn't uh, even. Okay. Watch. <laughs> I couldn't. He looks like a kid who's been made to put on his good suit and go to church. Doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Probably something was promised to him if he acts good. Okay, if he a behaves, you know. <laughs> Actually, he's old. It's a Werther's. Right. You get a Werther's if you're good. Probably Trumpy. a bucket of chicken, I'm thinking. We'll stop at KFC on the way home. Extra crispy? If you're good. If you're Extra good. Crispy. We'll see. Doing this for the herbs and spices. Because he was sitting only one over from Obama, and he just had this very uncomfortable... Is he like, yeah. wow, who put me in the Kenyan section? <laughs> Just a visiting dignitary section? Oh, don't you belong in back? <laughs> Shouldn't um, you be sign language in some gibberish up there? <laughs> <laughs> and we're off. <laughs> I didn't get that at the, at he, he was very much the same at, at the viewing as well, where he had to bring through Melania. And uh, I actually right. read an article, it was somewhat taken, you know, it wasn't about... Trump per se, um, but he did link it back into, he was describing all of the things that his mother is going through as he's now a 50-year-old man and he's looking at senility and all of these old age uh, <laughs> problems, I guess you'd call them. Um, and he was describing basically word for word the things that Trump's, Trump does, you know, that, that agitation and not being able to sit still, The the all of those things are signs of Early onset senility, basically. And, oh, fuck. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> the being angry and not believing anyone; those are basically really going on in his head. He could be absolutely wrong, but there is going to be no changing his mind whatsoever. Oh. Just like you know, when you go to a nursing home and the guy is, you know, <laughs> I am your son. <laughs> yeah, there's just going to be no changing his mind, and and. This is the things that this could be awesome. On top of all the other things that he is, is very scary. This is great. Know? What if he forgets who his kids are and puts them in jail? <laughs> Might be easier to you know. What if he Alzheimer's his way, his senile's him way into being a decent human being? Yeah, like he forgets it. I saw the greatest meme today. There's nothing to do with the funeral or anything. I apologize, but um, it's a picture of Trump in his 30s. He's complaining about all the time travelers coming back to try and kill him because he doesn't understand why he's just a real estate investor. <laughs> he doesn't understand. <laughs> I thought that was flipping awesome. Well, uh, so <clears throat> at today's funeral, um, former Wyoming Senator Alan Simpson, longtime friend of, of HW, uh, it, it, we'd heard earlier that Trump had been promised there would be no 
this was going to be, you know, Trump-proof. In other words, that no one was going to say anything about him. There wasn't going to be any derogatory. It was going to be about H.W. And but I thought Simpson slipped in a couple of things that I was like, oh yeah, that's a troll. Uh, <clears throat> so the two things that stuck out were hatred corrodes the container that it's carried in, mm-hmm. which you know. Well off saying anyway, but I just felt that was one of those little things you slip in there. Of course, it's a metaphor for the Oval Office. (laughs) And then humor is the universal solvent against the abrasive elements of life. And Trump is, you know, easily the most humorless president, I mean, since Calvin Coolidge, probably. Mm -hmm. That's a tough call. (laughs) Yeah, and Nixon wasn't a bad guy. Coolidge was well known for his (laughs) (laughs) stand-up. I would have liked to have seen that actually. <laughs> so. yeah, it's, went along the, it's, it's more like the you know your mama's too fat joke. Your mama's so fat. But That's um, my yeah, so. <laughs> I'm the only one on the planet that has one. You guys should hear my Calvin Coolidge. Oh, it's, it's a myth. Of Who's going to dispute you? You know, no, Herbert like, Hoover's just as good. <laughs> it's actually the same. <laughs> I do it on two ends of the set, so no one remembers from the beginning. You begin with Coolidge, you end with Hoover. Right. You got a, you know. Oh my God, that guy's a master of voices. Rutherford B. Hayes dying in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Big bat thumps. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the pork chop grease could get me out of this fix. Presidential <laughs> <laughs> bad stand-up. Yeah, so, uh, anywho. It's on my new HBO special. 45 and counting. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, meanwhile... So, did he embarrass himself? I didn't, I didn't watch but I, all of it. He's been good. It's, it's, it's right, he, got, yeah. he got promised that bucket of chicken, yeah. so he's being good. So right. he, well, he, he's, he had a really bad senile day the other day at the G20. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, he really got smacked around at the G20. Right. Saudis and the well, Russians coming French kissing each other where they walk up to each other. It was, it was kind of like, you know, like, like so you got a play date with, with your buddy Vlad, and you're all cool and stuff, and you got a play date with your, your what's the prince's name? Mohammed bin Salman. I should have said MSB. You got a play date with Mohammed, and you guys are too cool, and you guys are playing together, and then you have a three-way play date and realize you're like the third wheel. Like, what the? Right. When you get your two friends together and your two friends bond and leave you out. Right. It's like, it's like you're playing Star Wars and they make you Princess Leia. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? That sucks. Well, and then, you know, walking off the stage, too. You be the... Porkins. I don't want to be Porkins. You are Porkins. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, yes. Sir. And walking off the stage, uh, he, he, once again, looking senile, looking yes. distressed, looking... At least, like, he's thinking about other things, you know. And what he looks like, he looks like he's in the middle of a community theater show that he didn't study his lines for. <laughs> uh, never seen that before. Exit stage, wherever. <laughs> he was looking for his lines taped to the back of the scenery and it wasn't there, so he said, I, I gotta go. There was, there, there was nothing in the chamber for the love fest between uh, well, the Saudis and Russia. <laughs> like, oh, God, what? I'm so confused. So, yeah, if you see the video, he's standing out there with the Argentinian president, and then he walks off, and then five seconds later, <laughs> Arch- somebody comes from the other, from stage right. Going, oh, Mr. President, oh, Mr. President! My favorite guy is the Argentinian president, who is the scene partner that got stiffed, <laughs> waiting for this line, he's like, just looking out of the audience, like, see what I have to work with? <laughs> you know, look at this. God! You want to hear my Calvin Coolidge? <laughs> Check this one out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, I mean... I do any- all the Adamses in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and I finished with Gomez. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, that's the thing. The, 
whenever the guy's on the world stage, any one of these world gatherings, he's completely isolated, completely out of his element. He has no ability to interact with actual adult leaders on any level whatsoever. Right. Uh, he has to be, you know, bubble-wrapped. Uh, he's the boy in the bubble. <laughs> yeah, hermetically yeah. sealed for our protection. <laughs> right. Not his. <laughs> Yeah. Patient zero, <laughs> stupid. Yeah, and then oh Putin goes home and just rips America a new asshole. Well, yeah, like, you know the, this is the weakest country on earth, and yeah. I can't believe we're even he? talking to these people. Right. Basically, why wouldn't he? Yeah. he's like half right now. Yeah, all his doing. Yeah, well, most, all of his doing. most. Well, uh, it's funny. Uh, new York Times Magazine last week had had five different novelists. Imagine the end of the Trump presidency. Even he oh, wrote a brief. It was interesting. It was, and they wrote just a brief, you know, Who half were they? page. Stephen King. Because um, he would have jumped on that one. One of them was James Patterson. Um, hey, well, James Patterson had his intern do it. <laughs> right. He's got like a giant warehouse full of monkeys on typewriters. He does he have an, a book every he does three have an seconds. Um, <laughs> James Patterson and insert name here presents. <laughs> right. uh, but uh, and so two of the five I noticed, and two of the five basically ended with Putin basically fucking over Trump. One Putin basically saying, "Okay," the, and in both of these scenarios that they wrote about, it was that you know Putin had come to the conclusion that Trump had outlived his usefulness, and it was time to uh, basically eliminate the threat uh, by basically neutralizing him, not by assassination. But by simply, either in one scenario, he released the PP tape, and in the other one, he basically released all of the financial transactional data for, you know, money transfers and everything else. And uh, they were interesting. <laughs> one of the other scenarios, by the way, uh, imagined a Russian assassin coming here to take out Trump um, and uh, getting in position as a, dressed as a waiter and uh, going to fire his gun, and it misfires, and uh, he... the you, you can you know you're reading it from the assassin's point of view, and he thought, oh my god, failure! Uh, and now I'm you know waiting for the secret service to shoot him, and uh, instead one of the secret service agents hands him his gun and says, here. <laughs> <laughs> so. Did one of them have Melania as the sleeper agent? <laughs> she gets activated to take him out. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. No, it did not, but... Uh, like, full-on tear the side of your dress for fighting action. <laughs> but this is where we're at now. I mean, this is a president that's two years into his first term, and we have a, you know... And I understand it's the fake New York Times, and it's the libtards and all the rest, but, I mean, we have major publication and, and, and major well-known writers not imagining the end of this presidency in fairly humorous terms. Most of them were of a humorous nature, sort of mocking, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. And um, and yet, and then again, on the world stage, the president being mocked continuously. And it can't be it, good for his ego. <laughs> oh, I don't think it absorbs. I think he just bounces right off. I don't think anything bounces off. I think he internalizes all of that. Hmm. You, no one is that wrapped up with himself. Well... And then... This guy. Even you, John. No, no. Oh, oh, you, oh you meant, oh, there was no thumbs. Oh, no, clearly I there, am. There was no, not, I was like, this guy. Well, clearly I am, but I'm talking about Trump now. No, and nothing, I don't think anything rolls off his back. He doesn't let any slight go unavenged, even in, just in his mind. That's true. If he perceives it as a slight, I'm just wondering how many things he never perceives as slights, because he just does he, doesn't he understand doesn't them. The paper. Right. 
So there's that. So the, the, uh, and he's not going to get well. It's how you get your information too. If he's getting most of his information from his people and you know Fox or Friends or whatever he watches, exactly. they're not ever going to show the, the right. ridicule out there. You're right. I think. But see what happened. So look what happened. Like when he was live and they laughed at him at the UN. Mm-hmm. Well, right. some folks got resigned <laughs> <laughs> right away. Yeah. So good times. Good times. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at home. Yeah, um, here's a question for Rob. So, um, the uh, uh, the plea deal for Michael Flynn yeah. is not resulting in jail time due to the great deal of help he's given the probe. Mm-hmm. What does Bobby Three Sticks know that we don't? Everything. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in regard to Flynn, what do you think about that? It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a nice revelation. It's a weird revelation. I think Flynn is the is the guy who understands what system was in place. I think he's giving him the groundwork. I don't really think that anybody in that administration is clean. I think they were all working towards a, a, a goal, and I do think that the rule of law has to take this guy out, this this administration out, because any other any other method. Of like you know your writers or your assassinations will only create more and more chaos for the United States. It has to be the rule right. of law. It has to be laid out in court cases, um, and it has to be Bobby Three Stick style of that that net fishing. And that's what we're still at stage probably three of twenty. But I think well I, we may be more along than that. I, mean, I think a lot a lot because of Michael Flynn. I mm-hmm. think Michael Flynn laid out the roadmap early on. I think a lot of times in these investigations, it takes a long time to figure out what happened. Like right. what happened? We had to. I think Flynn. He was the first in, and he's been the most cooperative apparently. Mm-hmm. And no I think I think him. I think he laid out the whole roadmap at the beginning. And yeah. now it's been, it makes it a far easier task for Mueller to just simply go okay, not simply, but then to say. All right, we know what happened. Now let's fill it in. Now let's prove it. We know this happened. Let's prove that. We know that happened. Let's prove that. Right. And I think that's what they've been going about the last year and a half is doing that. And, uh, you know, Mueller or um, Flynn, whatever you think of the guy, I mean, he is a lifelong, you know, career military, served in combat. I mean, the guy, his politics, you know, okay, well, you know, they are what they are. But I think he's somebody who has a level of patriotism, and I think he was willing to suspend it. He obviously got in trouble. He got in trouble with, I mean, Obama relieved him from his uh, post at the National Intelligence Agency or the Defense Intelligence Mm -hmm. Agency because he was getting too chummy uh, with, uh, I think, some Russian sources. Shocker. Um, But I, I think this is a guy who was convinced early on, you know, I think someone like Mueller... A combat veteran talking to Flynn, lifelong military combat veteran. I mean, Flynn served in combat. Mm-hmm. So two combat veterans. I think there might have been a, a simpatico relationship like, early on. What are you doing? Well, you know, you're, you're colluding with the foreign power. I, I, I think know, Mueller, I'm so sorry. Right. <laughs> Mueller may have made a breakthrough early on with Flynn to mm-hmm. say, look, your best Career bet. Republican. You know, right. Your best bet is to hop on my train now. It's going to be a long ride, but I'm going to get through to the end. And which train do you want to be on? And you're not Paul Manafort. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see. Um, it's going to be interesting. Once again, people have got to go away in handcuffs for this country to heal. And, and if that doesn't happen, there's going to be all kinds of people on one side that are going to be upset. 
if it does happen um, in the wrong in, in the wrong upset. ways <laughs> in in, <clears throat> in ways that are seem flimsy, and I think that is what. Mueller is doing is making sure it's 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 rocks out. Well, for thirty percent of the country, there's no way right. that's not going to be flimsy. It doesn't matter what it is, you know. You know, again, we're we're, we're laboring under the misbelief that uh, uh, you know some people will see the light of day and realize they were wrong. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I just exposed the corruption. Wasn't corrupt. What? I exposed it. No, you didn't. Here's a video. Fake video. <laughs> like, okay. Or. Whatever. That's cool. I yeah. do it too. Or even worse. Actually, that's even worse and more likely yeah. to them just go, eh, what are you going to do? Well, well, everyone I, does it. I'd have a Russian hooker pee on me if I could. <laughs> now, how many idiots are saying that? Plenty. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, they largely drink vodka, so it's like not like, like awful smelly pee. Depends on the vodka. That's well, probably good stuff. That's good stuff. It's <laughs> straight from the motherland. Okay. Well, this conversation, once again... Uh, <laughs> and, and yes, it's that transformation—that transformation of those people is complete. There, there really yep. is oh, no yeah. bringing them back. Yeah, um, they are listening to the six thousand five hundred lies that the man has told in two years, and they believe every single one of them. It's like in Walking wonderful. Dead when they get bit when you get bit by a walker. Okay, you have if you don't chop the arm or leg off immediately. All right. That's the only way you could save the life. So in this case, for these people that have the, where the, the, the transformation is complete, the, the arm or leg was not chopped off immediately. Right. And uh, they are now, they're now walkers. That's okay. And There's no turning. And it wasn't chopped off immediately because they think that they could like, work through it. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, I, I, I can beat this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or, or even worse, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> think of... All the worries I'm not going to have if I'm the undead. Right. Just think of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to care about the undead. <laughs> Be one. This is so convenient. This is a good thing. <laughs> and if our president was the undead, oh god, that'd be so awesome. Uh. Yeah, he wouldn't be president though. Like, there's walking involved. No. <laughs> no. Nope. So, well, sorry. So I could be like, it. you know, the lounging dead. Is that a thing? The dead. You know, the Netflixing dead. Is that because I'll do that? Oh my not, god. There's no walking dead. No, not even yeah. shambling dead. Yeah. So how about Ukraine? Eighty thousand troops uh, being. Uh, Rallied along the Ukrainian border by Ukraine, you got the one border town has basically gone, you know, Wild West shootout where they're all hiding in their houses. Uh, Everybody over there is just counting the moments. Um, Scuttlebutt is we have a large force mustering here in America that is at the ready phase to jump into this battle. Oh, will he? Oh, I thought you meant on Tijuana. <laughs> no, no. This is, <laughs> this is the Ukraine. There, he already oh, said those. What okay. was that? That was fourteen thousand. So the Ukrainian he, border and the uh, Tijuana border, are pretty much the same. <laughs> kind of. All right. Well, one's one's being exploited by one ruler, and the other one's being exploited by a different one. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so you're saying there's scuttlebutt that U.S. forces would go U.S. To Ukraine. forces are going to a ready state. Because of all Which this action side? that is on the oh. Ukrainian border, along with NATO countries as right. well, um, everybody getting up on edge. Um, we have sailors being captured off of their ship. Um, this is well, Ukrainian sailors. Ukrainian yeah. sailors. But what if scenario? What if he decides to back Russia? What does the rest of the world do? That's a direct violation of NATO. 
Um, that's that's the change of the powers right there. That that would be the end of it. It's an interesting scenario. It's an interesting scenario. What, what does the world do? I think the world. Re- I think the world would react. I mean, the world being the major powers, so France, Britain, Germany, the, the NATO powers. Well, I mean, we would be abrogating our responsibilities right, to NATO, right? Which is you know the the. the but on the other hand, foundations have been set for that, right? But we keep, but we are NATO, largely. Yes, I mean percentage-wise, in terms of money and actual troops and material, we are NATO. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can't just be, you know, saying, "Well, fuck you, get out of the club." And it's like, "Well, I own the building, and I own that table, right. and I own your suit." Club, yeah. <laughs> you know? What would they do? Would they would they um, put troops in the Ukraine? I find Maybe that hard UN to believe. Force? I see them more likely arming the Ukrainians mm-hmm. to do it. I could I see could, that. Uh, you know, I think I don't know. I, I think that the Russian military. I'm not saying it's nothing, but I, you know, Putin has largely gotten away on the actions of a bully. Yes. And you know, a lot of times bullies, if you if you punch them in the face and they fall down, they run away. Well, yeah, large, well, and, Obama largely punched Putin in the <clears throat> face, and uh, they backed down. Um, you know, I almost feel like Obama didn't even really punch him. He just kind of threatened to punch he, him, he did and that was good enough. Twitch yeah, things. right. And Putin was like, "What? Hey, I didn't twitch. I didn't move." He like took the hair pick out of his back pocket and said, oh, "Oh, hey, the hair pick." Yeah, yeah. I went there. I went there. Well, he wasn't going to pull a comb out. Wasn't going to pull a comb out. <laughs> Neither was Putin. <laughs> Putin was like, "Is that?" Is that a strange affectation from 70s black exploitation movies in the United States? I'm terrified. Hey, I grew up in the 70s, and white people even had hair picks. So that was that was purely the show. John Arkey presents Obama 2018. I like it. So you set up a match. A kickboxing match between Obama and Putin <laughs> for the fate of the world. Yeah. Oh. Obama's got the reach. So. He's got the reach. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I go with him. Putin has killed humans, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It's kind of like you that. know what? Wrong Obama. Michelle Obama oh, and Putin. Shit. I, I, don't know, I think she'd take his ass down. We just got to whisper in her ear. <laughs> he serves pizza and lunch. <laughs> what? <laughs> Doom. <laughs> That was perfect, by the way. I'm watching a television show right now. I I saw the visual. (laughs) It's called Mrs. Rocky. (laughs) Cut me. (laughs) Rock, cut me. Cut me, Mick. You ain't gonna see. (laughs) All right, Michelle. You gotta gotta piss lightning and crap thunder. Okay, but put the crap in the in the garden to help. <laughs> That's no problem, Mick, with a largely vegan diet I have. This is bad. Let's move I on. I must break you. <laughs> for it. Oh my god. Um, so, yeah, but I the Russian military. I don't know. I I I'm not saying it's nothing to you know not worry about, but. Uh, I, I, I think that the Ukraine. I mean, I think the Ukrainians. I think in a toe-to-toe actual war, I don't know that the Russian military will stand up. Um, I think there's just a lot of paper tiger with Russia. There's a lot of front. It's like an old West set. 
there's storefronts, <laughs> and you go around the back, and you go, oh. <laughs> so well, barbershop is made out of plywood. You know, I think uh, I think he does a good job putting out a shell, but I don't know that there's a lot of there there. I don't know. I think Hitler kind of thought that too. But there was, <laughs> was there was a, but there was a but there were many years there through most of the 30s into 36, 37, where Hitler was a paper tiger, and if the French or the British had actually come in and said, oh, "Fuck you," no, I meant Hitler to Russia. Hitler thought right. Russia was a paper right. tiger as well. Right, right. And, okay. And learned the hard way that paper tigers can be awful. What they learned was scratchy. paper tigers in the winter are far more powerful well, than paper tigers in the summer. Well, that's, trying to, that's trying to take over Russia. I, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a much different thing to send off a Russia. Russian, you know. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that, well, I don't know what I'm saying, but I just, <laughs> which is usual. Um, you know what Putin does have, though? Operation Human Shield. Mm-hmm. Marching out every person that doesn't want to be there to take all the fire that he wants them to right, take. Probably. I mean, the guy is definitely amoral, but um, welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, once again, I was thinking this more on the big risk board. You know, you got China doing their thing. You got yeah. Brexit. Mm-hmm. You know, very upset. You know, over there in England right now, and uh, you got NATO that really doesn't know. You know, they want to have a, a their own force because they don't have. United States to count on anymore, it seems. Um, the world is in turmoil right now, and and there is no one steering the ship. I no. really don't think that Putin is powerful enough to uh, control all of these events, just like he wasn't powerful enough to understand what the, the difference of sowing doubt versus actually having a Trump presidency. I don't think he actually saw right. that, that long-term enough. Um, that he's actually getting in more trouble now than he probably would have with Hillary. <laughs> you know, it's like because everybody's oh, yeah. watching Russia. Yeah. You know, and that was one of the big. That was the, his whole cabinet. If you read that <clears throat> dossier, if that means anything to you, he was at one point getting a lot of flack from his whole uh, underling staff of you. This is dumb. Why are we even doing this? We're, Me, Putin. Right, right, actually, right, right, right. You know, and then it started working out for him, so he, you know, he silenced them. But the main thing he wanted was relief from sanctions, which he right. has not gotten. Well, this is the thing that this is what he this is what it was all about was mm-hmm. getting those sanctions reversed. Right. And he has not gotten it. And in fact, Trump almost immediately was in a position that he yeah, could he not reverse the sanctions. And Congress, look, this Congress which has aided and abetted this fuck from the beginning. All right? The one thing that they were not willing to do was relieve sanctions. In fact, they made them tougher. There's more sanctions now Mm -hmm. than before Trump was elected. That is the exact opposite of what Putin wanted. So I think that backs up your point. I Mm -hmm. think that Putin, the the usefulness of Trump is, is, uh, Putin is, it's, it's no longer paying off. Yes, there's discord and, and you're seeing these things. You know these international alliances are eroding, and so that's to the benefit of Russia. Uh, you know uh, the U.S. standing in the world is declining again. That's to the benefit of Russia, but all of that can be easily reversed, uh, and I think Putin knows that. The main thing he wanted was a sanction relief, and he well, didn't get and, it, and, and he isn't going to get it. And now with Repo- now with Democrats, and now he is not going to get sanctions relief. Wait, well, look well at the- easing off on Ukraine just—that uh, was his two big. Yeah, things that I saw, and he got one of them. He, we have eased off right. Ukraine, and, right? Yeah, we'll, but, see, we'll see what happens now. But the Ukrainians are 
not going to just lay down. I mean, right. you know, look, the Ukrainians, here's the thing, we're, we're, our erstwhile allies, the Ukrainians, are highly xenophobic nationalists, yeah. okay? Yeah. You, you know, these are, they would have made Charlottesville blush. Uh, so, I mean, these guys are hardcore, and um, uh, they're not just, just going to lay down. There's a, there's a long time hatred between Ukraine and Russia, you know, generation, generational. So the Ukrainians aren't going anywhere, and they're not just going to let the Russians walk over them. And I think Putin knows he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to have a war in Ukraine. He got Crimea, he stole it. Mm-hmm. He kind of stole it in the middle of the night, and while we were all you know lo- looking the other way, and then basically like what you can do about it. It's like an American Idol like season premiere. Yeah, <laughs> what happened? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very timed it very well. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? Ah, oh, it's the last season of The Office happened. Check this out. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, and if you go to that risk board, but on a smaller scale, what the hell are the Republicans thinking around here? You know, doing letting the people vote on these things and then slapping in, <coughs> in the face. Yes, by, by I wanted taking, to get to lame duck. Yeah, uh, the, by, right before. So, but it goes to that same thing of these are these are uh, cost benefit analysis is going on. And with a public that is willing to be lied to seven thousand or six thousand five hundred times, it might be seven thousand by now. Um, but wait a minute, that that public is there not is. <laughs> that almost, public is almost. not putting the fire to those people in our even in our own state capital. So they're taking that extra little bit of rope, you know. And and how do you get them to hang themselves with it versus just rip? The well, here's how you get down. them to hang themselves with it: you fucking vote. Yeah, but. Unfortunately, I mean, we'll, not, we'll, we'll wait and see. Well, let's back it up. Let's back it up. So we're t- talking about the lame duck legislature here in Michigan, mm-hmm. which just last night passed, uh, gutted basically the minimum wage and sick leave laws that were uh, were initiatives that had received overwhelming support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they basically, the Republicans did a little, you know, their little legislative trick where they voted it as into a law in September, so it did not appear on the ballot, because they knew, they knew it was going to pass if it got on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And if it gets on the ballot, it requires a three-fourths, or no, two-thirds majority to then overturn, which they can't get. So they cynically did this. People said back in September, like, you know what they're going to do? They're just going to gut this in, in, in lame duck, and here they are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't care. They don't care. But there's more than that. I mean, everyone's focused on the minimum wage and the sick leave, which are horrible. Mm-hmm. They're, they're bullshit. Uh, what they've done, but they've also passed. They're they're absolutely eroding all the environmental regulations, wetlands, yep. uh, yeah, the tree wetland. mm-hmm. uh, tree removal. They're they're going to basically just you know wholesale tree removal now. Uh, you're going to see wetlands uh, bulldozed. Uh, there's a plan to take over control of the schools to take that away from the governor uh, and the state board of education, creating a commission that. Republican Governor Snyder will pack with his appointees before he leaves office, and it will—it's—it's it's ridiculous. And they—they they then the big one is, of course, drain away the powers of the governor, the attorney general, and the secretary of state, who are all going to be Democrats in January. Yeah. All women too, uh, which I'm sure really galls the Republican men. Uh, <coughs> women, yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, and so this goes to—I mean, I said this before, and I think this just again proves this—is that. I think the Republicans as a party, not all of them, but as a party and as the leadership, they are contemptuous of democracy. These people, they hold democracy in contempt. 
They say they, oh no, it's very dear to them. But when push comes to shove, they are not doing the essence. The essence of a democracy is you accept the results of elections. Whether you like them or not. That's the, if you don't accept election results, then you're not living in a democracy anymore. Mm-hmm. And these guys are not accepting the results. And I just think the party is showing itself to be they're contemptuous of democracy. So what this means for us, progressives, is the job is half done. It's, it, I think for everyone that thought, oh, we won the go, oh, we're done, phew, ah, I can go back and do nothing now. Yeah. Nope, job is half done. So, for instance, on the sick leave, paid sick leave law, those organizers say, fuck it, we're going to go back out there and we're going to get it back on the ballot in 2020, mm-hmm. and it, we're going we're gonna to make it even more, like, they, the way they, they worded it this last time, they were trying to like find a nice, even path to kind of like make it palatable. Now they're like, all right, motherfuckers, you want to play? We'll fucking play. And they're going to make it even more to the point. They're going to get it. They're going to get the signatures. Mm-hmm. They're going to get it on the ballot. And when whether the Republicans are in control in the House and Senate, next, it doesn't matter because the governor will be a Democrat and will absolutely veto it. And then they, they have to accept it. So it's going to go worse for these guys if we as progressives, as voters... Stand up and recognize it is not over. This is we must continue on to fight this. There'll be lawsuits as well. Those have to be done. But well, the best part of this is that yes, it's not over, but it's going to be ramping into the the marquee matchup. Yeah, in twenty twenty, right. where which a large more people will be motivated on a national scale. Right. So in so a certain way, maybe this is a poison pill for them. You're right. I mean, I think that that's a good point that. We already you're already going to have a certain level of engagement, and now it's just you know amped up even more. And the more creepy Uncle Don starts walking off stages and <laughs> doing weird things, the more people are going to just start to get a little weirder, even if they don't say it. I hope. I hope. I mean, I'm worried though that you you'll just get a certain amount of ah fuck it, it's all rigged. Fuck it, I'm just going to go yeah. back into my shell. Well, that's what happened last time. But you we know. You know the midterms historic turnout. Right. You know, no one thought if everyone was going to think of then, it'd be then. Right. Know, right now. So. We'll see. But I, I just I think that we need to be clear with these Republicans <laughs> that they are, again, they are contemptuous of democracy. They, they, they disdain it. They don't like it. They don't like it. Because they know. Look, they, that's why they pass these voter ID bills. Mm. That's why they try and restrict voting. They know the more people that vote, the less Republicans get elected. Why? Because they got a fucking shitty slate of ideas. Their mm-hmm. ideas are old, worn out, and frankly, you know, uh, uh, against the will of the populace. And they know that. Well, yeah, and they, everything is based towards, you know, uh, giving that power more and more to rich and powerful people instead of the populace exactly. of, of, of people exactly. that are underneath them. And it goes back to, you know, Kingdoms and serfs and, and all of those same things, these same basically human nature things come out of these people as soon as they get into these places of power. And now in this day and age, it's so hard to break through that cycle and bring out a, a point about you know the, the, the minimum wage or bills that are actually being passed or 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 to overcome the news cycle from Donnie from from all of his antics 
about things that actually matter to people, and that would get them energized. Well, but he, would he, it? Well, some. It <laughs> some would people. get some. You yeah. know, I would the the, the the needed three percent, five percent. There's, there's still people. the Transformers people out there. Yeah. I don't want to think the minute I come home. Right. And I largely didn't think when I was at work either. <laughs> so, whew, what a break today is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Pence. Uh, anyway, speaking so, of, uh oh, Mr. Pence. Hired a private lawyer in regard to uh, Mueller investigation. Mm-hmm. Think he got some insight from uh, from well, who, the he, acting he AG. He lawyered up a long time ago. Who was uh, who was who did he kick off? I don't know. I, don't know. I decided to, I, I caught the headline and a little it. snippet of it. It is funny when it isn't you know one of the gang. You know, oh, he's one of the gang. He's like the chaplain in Mash. Mm-hmm. Right. He's Father Mulcahy for these guys. <laughs> I'll overlook all your weird sex and violence. Well, yeah, I mean, once again, that whole Russia thing, it, it gets so big that you forget that Pence was in the middle of it. Pence, this this guy who is completely awful back in his own home state, uh, magically just kept his mouth shut. And just by keeping your mouth shut most days makes you look like the angel inside of this administration. What do you think, Pence, what, what do you, what do you think of Pence is in it like to convert Putin? <laughs> you know, he's, he's he's like completely you know virtuous and he's in it to like you know get the word of God to Putin. See, so uh, what does it say when Pence knows he has a better chance of converting Putin than Trump? Oh, oh God, everyone knows that. Did you watch those <laughs> Pelly Boy videos he made in like the eighties? Oh. oh my God! I mean, no one went knocking on the door as missionary at the Playboy Mansion. Hugh. Yes, can I say to you about Jesus Christ? <laughs> no. All right. Bye. <laughs> what was supposed to hit on Friday? Something else was hitting on Friday from Mueller. Um, uh, yesterday was the Flynn. I think it's Cohen. It was a Cohen oh thing. no, no, it's the Manafort. He, he's going back to oh yeah to take going. the plea deal away from Manafort, right, right. and he's going to have to describe the lies that were proven right. to be lies. So that should be another juicy day. But I think all these juicy days. Because the investigation is so large, aren't coming fast enough for the the, the mentality the of internet Americans. generation that yeah, we're the in right now. Yeah, the mentality of Americans, you know. You know, there's something to be said with instant media and instant you know communications. This has been perfect timeline in like '64, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, '68 for Watergate. You know, perfect. That's the pace. Right. And uh, we're not. The, the world isn't moving at the pace of, of no. No, but I, I, you know, I think that when it, it will happen, Trump will not. Trump will not not use his powers, right, <laughs> to get out of this. He is well, not going to just you. go. Well, you got me. Uh, he's go- he will pardon everybody and their grandmother. He will fire yeah. whoever he needs to fire, and it will all happen pretty much at the same time. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I it's going to be like a complete, you know, smoking gun. And it'll just be—it's definitely going to be like what you're going to do about it. And he's going to get away. Do? He's going to get do? away with it, but he'll be guilty, right? I, I, you and, know, and, and like Rob said, everyone will know mm-hmm. whether he goes to jail or not. As long as the the world shuns him even more, you know, I don't necessarily need to see him behind bars. Although it would be nice to see some of his family members no, go. But know how much that will cost. To put a, a president, a former president, yeah, I know, I don't, I don't, oh like I said, God. I don't need to see yeah, him. Just I just want to, I do, <laughs> be better. I do want to see his fortune wreck. It's Trump Tanamo Bay, yeah. my new <laughs> golf resort. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
when we finally get Guantanamo, we finally get Guantanamo closed, and we'll have to give it to Trump. Hello, meals. So I turned those dead Muslim cells into the nicest putting green you've ever seen, and we only. Putties. <laughs> and you see on this green, it's a nice rolling hill. This is where we buried all the bodies. So it's going to be like the the history of Trump mini golf course he puts in there. And see these these antics before 2016. All of these things you heard about in business. You heard rich millionaires doing these dastardly awful things but now it's our government and it's infecting others you know when Donnie the businessman screwed over all of his workers for millions and millions of dollars no one cared but now when Donnie does one of those silly things where he looks silly on the world stage or walks off or says people in Charlottesville you know there's angry people on both sides, and all of these things are now indoctrinating and infecting all of government. And that's where I wanted to go with the Republicans here in our state, in North Carolina, we heard that, you know... They did that two years ago. They did that two years ago. Wisconsin legislature doing the... They're doing the... It's even worse in Wisconsin. And you know what pisses me off about that one is Scott Walker. That's all Scott Walker. Again, we didn't get rid of Scott Walker. How the fuck... Well, well, he lost. Well, he, he did. He lost. That's he a lost, state but, issue. But, but he is he is he is running that show yeah. on what well, exactly. lame duck it's, shit to put through. That is a state you issue. Know, Not, so, we we got rid of Rick Snyder. Yeah. So again, that's where I say to to voters that that and it's up to progressives and Democrats specifically to find a winning strategy to remind voters what happened, who's responsible for it, and what they can do to make sure. That the next in the next election, they can change it. You can change this. Mm-hmm. All right. Look, if if Democrats were taking over control of the Michigan House and or Michigan Senate in January, in either Wisconsin or in Michigan, a lot of this lame duck stuff wouldn't be happening because they know yeah. it'd be useless. Yep. Because the new legislature come in and vote it right out. Yep. And so, but the fact that it's not, the fact that they held those majorities. They know they can do this, so you have to take that. It's like, okay, take that away from them. I mean, it's it's, it's you know, it, all right, fuckers. Then we're going to take that away from you too. Then you don't get the majorities in the House and Senate. You don't or you even earned them. You're using them against us. So no, you don't get to win. But that will require people who regularly vote Republican to not vote for Republicans, and that's a tough sell. Or just not t- vote. Well. That's, that's okay. That's too. an easier sell. That's okay too. Yeah, but I mean, so for instance, on this minimum wage thing and the paid sick time, I mean, I think I, I would say if you are somebody that's a minimum wage, especially if you're a server, I mean, and you know a you know a legislator is in, you know, give him shit, fuck it, mm-hmm. hey fucker, you know, asshole earning you know six figures, state senator ass wipe, who barely fucking works as it is. And I'm trying to earn. I'm earning nine dollars and twenty five cents. You know, if I'm lucky, uh, and and you're going to hold it up. I mean, they 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 made the minimum, the minimum wage will rise to twelve dollars and five cents. Nine twenty five right now. Okay, the 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 law they just passed last night is it'll rise to twelve dollars and five cents by twenty thirty. Twenty 
30. And it's the, 12 fucking years from now. And they took out the, the cost of living, or right. the, the price of inflation raises. Of oh, yeah. So it'll be 12.05 forever. Right. And that's what they. And <laughs> After so, that. Right. And so, look, this can be changed. Get Democrats in there, they will mm -hmm. change it. And I would say, and so to me, I would say for the, the, the minimum wage folks, go back now. now they, they, they try, again, they try to take a middle course. And they said, oh, well, $12, it'll gradually, and then, da, da, da. I'd say, fuck it, you go in, and we're, now we're going to say, fuck it, it's $15 now, assholes, all right, you want to play, we'll play, now let's make it, it's going to start at 15 and it's going to go to 18 or whatever, let's do it, send that out to the people, mm -hmm. and we'll see, I don't know, it'll, hopefully will, people will respond. So, like, I, I've uh, been looking at the local uh, social media, I don't participate, but I'm looking at arguments. Um, uh, for and against, you know, largely from our friend Jordan's responses to other people, hmm. because I follow his fights. I do not want to involve myself in fights of my own. And so can you really call those fights? Well, yeah, two Jordan, people are but, at odds, but, right? But I, yeah, I don't know. Jordan's so gentlemanly in his. Well, you know, a gentleman's duel is still a duel, <laughs> right? Someone's exactly. still going to end up dead. I feel like he has the Facebook equivalent of pulling off the white glove and slapping it across your face. Well, it's a slap. Okay, mm -hmm. don't tell him that; he'll get offended. I'm sorry. It's, it's actually a compliment. So, uh, a compliment but go on. I have been watching Jordan's. Uh, uh, he was chatting with somebody back and forth, and the person was completely against um, the raising of a minimum wage in general because you know you should go out and work for your money, and you know it's just no one's supposed to live off of the minimum wage. Blah 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 blah. And I'm driving along here, and I'm starting to notice there's a bunch of hiring going on. And all the hiring, even at fast food places, at the Tim Hortons that I just you know, bought this coffee at, they're starting people at like $13 an hour. Yep. And so I had this little epiphany of like communities like this with a vast amount of privilege, they can't afford, they, they can't get people to work for minimum wage. Right. It's just not a thing that no one's going to know. There's no kids that need a job that bad. And to compound it, those people that do work for minimum wage largely can't live here. Right. So you have to have them drive in from other counties, so they have to factor in the cost of driving and gas. And, well, and that doesn't happen. Right. So they have to raise their wages exactly. to get the, the children exactly. a privilege, who don't need these jobs really to begin with, to actually come and flip a burger or make some coffee. Right. You know, um, there's only so many college students in this town. Uh, in fact, 200. <laughs> Total. So, you know, that, that are going to school, the, the, the local school here. So, uh, this, 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 this skewed way of looking at minimum wage. And when we have uh, people in this community um, voting and arguing and, and telling their representatives what to do with it, it's, it's largely an inconsequential thing for them. That minimum wage, no, that's not, people don't live off of that. That's for kids in high school right. at McDonald's. Right. Without you know the same group of people that refuse to go to major urban areas because they're afraid, don't see the minimum wage is there to protect you know families and that people are living off minimum wage. I don't care what the, the, your sixty-year-old anachronistic uh, version of minimum wage is. The reality is now that many people live on minimum wage. They right. do raise families on minimum wage. And you know the Walmart they walk into, ask the people that work there. Right. You know, but they won't, of course. Right. I mean, you have a lot of businesses. I mean, and the thing about minimum wages. So, you, so you're talking about a lot of these fast food places where they're they they're forced. They're forced. They don't they're want for, to. They, but they're forced. They have to. No get, one's going to flip that burger. Exactly. So, but here's my thing. Okay. Now, as our local people, as Hank Vopel listening to his constituents, yep, he is. He's voting along the lines of his constituency, which is fucking awful. 
but he's doing his due diligence. Well, his constituency being business owners, and and you know largely the the uh, the, the the not just business owners, the the, the electorate here. The largely, you know, uh, affluent right. people that that, that right. have no concept of right. what minimum right. wage is like. I mean, so he's responding to them and going, I, "Okay." Yeah. And he believes in himself, of course, I'm sure, but it, it just it's 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 he's responding to that that flawed concept. Right. Uh, you're 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 right that he is responding to his constituency. I mean, look, he won his reelection by 30 points, so yeah. I think he can say, you know, he's got support for this in this in this district. But of course, again, I go back to, and yet you're still doing something that is contrary to what the will of the people, the people of the state of Michigan, wanted. Well, so then, but then we're left with, well, the people in the other district, then their representative can vote the right. way they want. Right. And then you say, and, and okay. now we're left in this miasma. Right. And you say, well, because you gerrymandered all the districts. I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, put these pieces together for why people think like this and how he can be validated. And doing you, what you bring up a great point, in the, and you're right. They don't sit around rubbing their hands together saying, how can we fuck over the people? They, You're right. They do tell themselves that they're they're doing the right thing. They, they, and I feel like they have to tell themselves that. They're doing what the people want. Yeah, the people. With, with their people. Their people. That's right. the key. Word. Right. And that's so, you know, we don't believe, we're supposed to not believe in tribalism, but, you know, <laughs> this is, it's all about tribalism. Well, I mean, that's why, you know, the, the two things that did make it to the ballot that they wanted to, that we did come up as, uh, as one of them was marijuana legalization, and the other one was the anti-gerrymandering things that were, did make it to the ballot and were overwhelmingly approved, and now it makes, and so those won't get fucked with in lame duck, because it requires two-thirds, and they can't get two-thirds, because you, you need to get Democrats to sign on, and they're not going to. Do you think they largely thought those were going to make it to the ballot? I think they were just the there. This is you know that's a good question. I gone, don't gone and forgot. But there were Republicans at the time, especially with the anti gerrymandering, who were pissed at their fellow Republicans who didn't want to do what they did with the minimum wage thing because they thought, well, that's a little bit too much and it won't look good before an election. That's what it was all about. How will this look before an election? Right. And they were like, we want to keep everything the way it is because yeah. we're in power. <laughs> and they were, and so they basically there were Republicans who said, you're going to come and regret this. And and I think that they will regret it, and we we will rejoice it in terms of the especially the anti gerrymandering thing. Now that's going to take four years yeah. to to take effect. Although it was interesting, I saw um, the ACLU, I believe, filed a lawsuit against uh, the current boundaries that were drawn for Michigan. That and it's just they just filed it this week, and that's going to go uh, that could affect the districts in twenty twenty. So it would be two years before the anti-gerrymandering commission would have, because that the earliest that will have an effect is 2022. But there's a lawsuit which has a decent chance of winning, because they've got a good case, uh, that could actually change those boundaries in 2020, two years Rob, early. districts were changed in the 2016 election, would Michigan have gone for Hillary Clinton? Well, absolutely. It was 10,000 votes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was... Razor thing. I mean, when you look at the percentage of votes, so in other words, if you look at the electorate and you just forget districts and you say, how many, per, what's the percentage of people that voted for Democrats and what's the percentage of people that voted for Republicans? And I think that it was 53% voted for, Repo- for Democrats mm-hmm. and 47% voted for Republicans. Okay, now what's the percentage makeup in the legislature? Mm-hmm. It's almost reversed. Yeah. And you go, that's, ger- that's gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. That is what gerrymandering does. It allows a minority to hold a majority. Well, I don't power. want people in California deciding who my president is. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
yes, Mr. Montana, because I and, want you. <laughs> well, and, you know, you look at that the, the map that Trump, you know, has up on his office wall, the big red map that, you know, what in the presidency. You know what they should do? Is change that to the map of Middle Earth, yeah. and without telling them, and see if he notices. <laughs> but those the places that are blue are you know very small, but hold a lot of people. Right, right. they don't get that. They don't get that. <laughs> like Rivendell was like totally blue, but we gotta get we gotta get Rivendell. All the elves got it. They didn't vote. Who, who's in charge of Rivendell for 2020? <laughs> Who the fuck is the Shire at? I want it bombed. <laughs> <laughs> so, right here in Mordor, it's really red. I like this. I like this. Oh my god! Mount Doom. By the way, did you, did you? I just read, by the way, that Trump had that the 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 actual phone. It's not on the Oval Office, but it's in his other office, his actual office or whatever. But. The the, the 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 hotline to to, to, to Russia the trapezoid office. He, he he made it. He 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 changed it to a red phone. He wanted it was not red. It was like olive gray or whatever, olive mm-hmm. drab or whatever. And he was like, he says, ah, it's got to be red. I just thought there was a little little touch that I thought was funny. Is it in a glass case? You know, under a, like a, a cake glass, like yeah. in Commissioner Gordon's desk. <laughs> Is there like a, a bust of Shakespeare in there where you can flip up the top and change into his Trump suit? Right. But I just thought that the little little factor that I thought was humorous that that's the kind of thing he's worrying about. One phone should be right. And then Melania slides down the pole and slides up the pole and slides down the pole and slides up the pole and spins around the pole and goes back down. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, well, I keep this away from Pen... Oh, no, Pen's like this. Well, Pen pushes the button and Don Jr. slides down the pole, slides up the pole, slides down the pole. Jared joins him on the other pole and they kiss and then spin. (laughs) It's the wonderful, wonderful office. I was thinking, you know, last week you, you, we mentioned that Trump is a, now a historical figure. I yes. Mean, if you watch that on C-SPAN, there's, you know, all these historians that get together and kind of argue about all the documents and the, the conversations and they, they talk back and forth. It's going to be a pretty wild ride, I think. It's going to be I think great. there's going to be some, some things that come out like the red phone and the, the button for the Coke and, you know, the... How much, you. how much personal time he John gets. John has to make sure he retires at least by 65, because Ken Burns is going to put out a 400-hour documentary <laughs> on the Trump era. He's working on it right now. <laughs> Just it's going to be like so long. <laughs> like 47-episode season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I like Ken Burns. So that's going on. Minimum wage is going on. Um, baby, it's cold outside. Is being removed. Yeah, that's, we get a lot of a lot oh, of people that got nothing better to do. Well, Wish I, they would watch C-SPAN instead. <laughs> well, you know, well, I will say that if people are going to get worked up on stuff, you wish it would be on that. And it, for, the thing is, I saw an English professor who actually broke down the whole "baby, it's cold outside." Mm-hmm. It was interesting and said, "We're reading it wrong. You have mm-hmm. to put it in its time period." Yeah, right. And so that was an interesting read because originally you read the lyrics and you're like, oh, that don't look oh, there's good. Oh, there's some Me Too going on. Yeah, that right. And then, you know, this is the game that had to be played for propriety. Well, the way this professor was explaining it, and the main thing that has people riled up about it is when the one line that says, hey, what's in this drink? Mm-hmm. And in other words, the insinuation being that they're being drugged. Right. That the woman is being drugged in order to stay because she's like wanting to go and he wants her to stay. And then she goes, hey, what's in this drink? And then she ends up staying. So people go, oh, obviously you drugged her and raped her. That's the implication. And what this English professor laid out, and I thought in a very interesting manner, 
made sense, was very logical, and said, actually, the line that says, hey, what's in this drink, was, it's a joke because she's she's Wanted giving to. consent, yeah. and she's joking with mm-hmm. him, in a sense, of saying, hey, what's in this drink? Oh, I guess I'll stay. So it was interesting, the way that she laid it out, it made a lot of sense. But You know, context, I mean, it's like, so if you could see this interplay happening, like it's on a TV show or something in the 50s or what have you, then the, the implication would probably be clear. Uh, but the fact that, you know, I don't mind that it's gone because it's just a shitty song. Well, there's I, it's just a terrible song. And thank you for removing that from the rotation that I'm forced to listen to by my god-awful niece who loves Christmas music. Ugh. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and then not because there's any awful deeds going on. It just sucks. That, and if we could find a way for people to get offended by Little Drummer Boy, I would probably be the happiest person on the planet right now. Especially Bob, Bob Seger's version of Little Drummer Boy. That's the only one I like because it's, it's just so bad it's good. Okay. That's like the Mystery Science Theater of Drummer Boy. Oh, my God. Thank You've you probably for... heard that one a lot, though, hey, John? <laughs> <laughs> Bob Seger drives by and he's like, why are you playing that version of Drummer Boy? <laughs> well... There's a version of Bob Seger singing uh, Santa's Got a Brand New Bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that song is so old, I don't even think Seger remembers recording it. I think if he heard it, he'd be like, oh, who's that guy? <laughs> wow, that guy Dude. sounds drunk. My God. <laughs> I'm going to record Santa's Got a Brand New Sack and see how many people get. You know. <laughs> I think there's about, a time It's all about transitioning gender-wise. Yes. <laughs> for the Christmas music of all the old standards, but it's like no no more than a week. I mean, uh, there's people that go crazy. Oh, no. I'm a Christmas Eve for a couple hours, and then I'm done. Right. That's it for the year. I'm glad they're around. I'm glad they I like Christmas like songs Christmas like I like my snow. Right. Okay? It can snow on Christmas Eve, and it can stay through New Year's Day, and then get the fuck out of here. Look, yeah. Okay, right. A, um, Mr. Jewish Man, you have nothing to say in regard about? to Christmas and what happens on it. I can I can say stuff. It's just a day. <laughs> now, okay. I will say that I don't mind snow on Christmas Day, but the rest of the time, <laughs> you know, since I've largely abandoned the Christianity that kicked me off. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to see a station get bold and go 24 hours uh, uh, Hanukkah songs. <laughs> all, all three of those songs <laughs> on loop? <laughs> wow. The man, the, the Adam Sandler's going to get a check for like $9 right. one day and go, what Well, the there's, there's Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. Then there's Neil Diamond's version of the Hanukkah oh, song. Oh, that's true. Then there's Bare Naked Ladies. they got a couple of, of they Hanukkah songs. Yeah, Hanukkah they got a couple of Hanukkah songs. Oh. Yeah. One of them's actually good. And then um, well, we're not we're not we're not casting yeah, yeah, aspersions of good stuff. We're just got tweet stuff. Right, right, right. And then, uh, uh, and then that's about it. We <laughs> should. We should uh, <laughs> that's it. I'm done. So, and a Hanukkah is ending Sunday, Sunday. night. Yes. Sunday night. Sunday night. Festival of lights. <laughs> not the, the festival. 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 Fantasy of Lights. No, no, that's the, the festival of lights. The Fantasy of Lights is a parade in Howell. Okay, the <laughs> Festival of Lights. The Fantasy the... of Lights is parade in the whitest white town of all white towns. Right. Festival of Lights is uh, the celebration of the last day of Hanukkah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, all of Hanukkah. When oil was given to people or something. Yeah. Well, it's a, the lie that the oil. Yes, Hanukkah truth in Hanukkah truth in. It's that time of year. Got him going. It's that, time of year. <laughs> that was totally. <laughs> You that see that should be your next kids book. Right. You think? The adult kids books? Wow. I think I might do that. Hanukkah truth thing? I think I might do that. I'll fund it. The real story of Hanukkah. The real story. The real story of Hanukkah. With a pronunciation underneath. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole different Yeah, I know. That's a whole different thing. Oh my we god. We can get Sean Seal to do it. 
the, 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 the graphics. Part. Yeah, okay. I'm in. I'm all over it. Oh, I like this. <laughs> the real story of Monica. You know what? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good. We're down. And is, that might actually be the one and only way to get that into the psyche of little kids is, you know, is to do a children's book and tell them the truth <laughs> about their parents. Hey, guess what? You know how you hate Jews? Well, here's more reasons. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I don't think that's no, going to no, The real well. story of Hanukkah doesn't do that. What oh. it does... The real story of Hanukkah makes Jews hate Hanukkah even. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so even okay. Jews got, oh, well, so Jesus age. We have, oh, sorry. We have, <laughs> <laughs> he meant Jesus Hernandez. Right. Sorry. Jesus H. That's a, that's a Jesus that even John believes in. Okay, because he does lawns very well. Right. Okay, we have like a few minutes left. Could you please, John, as a special Hanukkah gift to me and Rob, regale us with the truth of Hanukkah one okay. more time? Are you annual telling? Okay. So the all right, so so the real like three so the story of Hanukkah briefly that uh, the myth of Hanukkah is that the uh, there was a, a war between uh, Jewish uh, patriots and Greek uh, and the Greek king Antiochus who uh, wanted to forbid the Jews from practicing their religion and he wanted to Hellenize uh, you know Judea. Uh, and and so he, he he forced his religion on the Jews and the, the Maccabees Maccabee, which is basically thought to be a translation into the hammer, uh, and so the Maccabees were these uh, the Jewish uh, resistance fighters who fought off the Greeks so they could preserve their religion and their freedom, and in the course of this, the Greeks defiled the the, the Jewish temple, uh, destroyed it, defiled it. And when the Jews finally took back over the temple, they came in and they wanted to light the ceremonial uh, uh, candle, which was a seven-branched candle, okay, at the time. That was the ceremonial candle, or menorah is what it would have been called. Mm -hmm. And um, they wanted to light that. And there was only oil for one day, says the story, the myth. And they, they lit it, and it lasted for eight days. Miracle! Oh, my God, it's clearly... This is a miracle from God, and he's sanctifying what we've done here. And hooray! Okay, here's the actual truth of it, because that's all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, all right, because the first the first thing is is that the whole stupid story about the oil doesn't appear for about three four hundred years after the event itself. So for something that's supposed to you know it take four hundred years for the story to suddenly go bink oh here's some oil here's, where did this oil fucking story come from? And the thing is is in the four hundred years. There's all these versions of the war. There's people told about the war, because the war actually happened. And no one mentioned any goddamn oil. It took 400 years for somebody to go, oh, here's some freaking oil that lasted eight days. Yeah, we'll have a celebration. And by the way, we're going to put that celebration right at the same time of year, all right, as a Greek festival, Dionysus, okay? <laughs> so anyway, okay, so that's bullshit right there. Now, the real story is this. Here's the real story backed up by uh, 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 archaeology and other historical data. So the thing is is that the Jews that were, there were two factions of Jews that were living in modern-day Israel, and um, one were more Hellenistic. They tended to be more open, more religiously tolerant. They, were, they, liked, they liked the theater, they liked art. They were more in line with Greek culture. The other was less tolerant, very religious, ultra-orthodox. They did not, they disdained Greek culture. They were very xenophobic. 
The xenophobic Jews, by the way, those are the Maccabees. They started to give shit to the Hellenized Jews. The Hellenized Jews, who were very much in line with Greek culture, they called up to Antiochus and said, basically, uh, can you help us with these fucking zealots? They're causing shit down here. And by the way, the Greeks ran the place. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... They said, hey, help us with these zealots. These guys are fucking assholes, all right? They were the ISIS of their day, mm-hmm. all right? So the Greeks come in. Antiochus goes, well, we can't have that. So he comes in and he says, basically, uh, he puts down this revolt um, amongst this ultra-Orthodox, or at least tries to. It kind of backfires. The religiously intolerant Jews uh, defeat the Greeks temporarily. The story sort of ends with, oh, we won. Okay, don't don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> okay, because the, the Greeks won in the end. Yeah. All right, but they, they they were temporarily expelled, and so the religiously intolerant, culturally intolerant Jews were able to take over uh, and assume control. In the course of doing that, by the way, they changed the Jewish religion because they put in place this priesthood, the Kohanim. Uh, who made the Jewish religion very much more a priestly religion, uh, m- one that was more um, uh, had more bureaucracy, I guess, for lack of a better word. In other words, you people down below, if you want to talk to God, you got to go through the priests. Right. All right, and so they made it a much more bureaucratic religion, and so all these changes occurred. That's the real story of Hanukkah. Hardly something to sing songs about uh, or have latkes over, Which but. Is- why there's so few. <laughs> so, yeah, well, there you go. Except the Hanukkah song. What makes me the happiest about yeah. the annual telling of the Hanukkah true thing is that you are equally as pissed off every time. <laughs> every time. It's like, if I don't let you uncork this once a year, yeah. people could die. <laughs> so I'm just really doing a service. Well, that's good. Thank you. Well, anyway, just I think that goes to our point of today is that you really can't change people's minds. They're just going to think the thing that they're going to think, whether they're wrong or not. So, And let's hope that Trump has eight days of oil left. Because that's a lie. <laughs> Trump Town will obey. Now you want to talk about dreidels? No. <laughs> oh, no. Well, wait. We'll have your your, your post-Hanukkah cool-down next week right. be about dreidel truthing. Yeah. <laughs> That's your second book. Right. It's a Hanukkah denier dreidel truther. Yeah, Hanukkah denying dreidel truther. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the name of my autobiography. There you go. Uh, I'm just putting on great stuff. Oh, God. Because you know those Germans, like, you can't blame for everything. Yeah. This time it's actually their fault. Yeah. They made well. up a game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. I feel better. You should. Right. I think I pr- you probably saved some lives I here. Do. I've heard. I'll let you, yeah. I'll let you vent that steam because I enjoy the telling of of uh, the, 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 the denying of Hanukkah. <laughs> well, the funny thing, the whole thing about it, the real thing about it is, is of course, all these myths that we've allowed to, not just Jewish myths, but the myth that Jesus was born on December 25th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, con- conversely, oh, gee, that happens to uh, right around holiday. the pagan holiday, Saturnalia. <laughs> you know, and you're like, uh-huh, okay. Mm, um, <laughs> so, um, And this is why the end result of our founding fathers was a system that didn't include any of that bullshit. They decided we needed a democracy, we needed all the voices to be able to to rule their own land in their own way and without religious 
content getting in the way at all times. I guess it, it is in the way sometimes, but that was the goal was to dethrone the the powers that be from England that they knew, um, all the priests and the, the Roman Catholics and all of the the, 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 the problems that those type of uh, organizations bring to the table need to be one voice, not the only voice. And that is what happened with, you know, 400 years after the Hanukkah story and they got their ass beat. <laughs> that's what happened. Is someone came along and, and this is the new truth. That's oh. exactly what happened. Oh, shit. You know what this is? And University of Michigan fans. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> they just don't get it. It's like, no, <laughs> Bo Schembechler. <laughs> right. They, they mythologized. Myth the, their myth original Maccabee. Yeah. Myth myth there's a word. Mythologize. Yeah, that word. They do that. He's like the oil mm -hmm. and Harbaugh's just a dick. <gasps> oh, this is great. Okay. I feel better now. And why you need to listen to C-SPAN and, and see what's actually going on and seeing what the people are doing in our government. I don't need to listen to C-SPAN. You do. Mm. I just talk to you. Nobody listens to me. You gotta get that shit yourself. I'm not gonna sit through that shit. I'm just gonna have you tell me the highlights. That's why they make Sports Center. I don't have to watch everything. C-SPAN is like life cereal, and you're like Mikey. C-SPAN is like life cereal. No, C-SPAN is like yogurt, plain yogurt. That you need to eat as a probiotic. You know it's baby, good for you. But you just don't want to choke yeah. it down. You're, and Rob is over there just shoveling the probiotic yogurt in his face. He's probably you're probably regular as shit. I, don't know, I can't even understand. Well, it's Eastman. Well, and you know, that, <laughs> we're, we're about to have a that, poop talk. <laughs> that is what I feel is the opposite. Is 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 they are going well past that, and and you have to get through the shit to be able to talk to people, and they have to see it for themselves. There is no talking to someone about what you've seen on C-SPAN because it's so civil and it's so. It's two people. It's two smart fucking people talking to each other civilly about a, an important topic. I mean, don't watch the goddamn floor and don't watch their grandstanding. Watch the committees. Watch the the panels. Watch the other things on C-SPAN because those are the actual intelligent people in our room in the democracy that we hold. So if we watch them, it's less time you're watching Donnie. No one's gonna watch that. So I have a plan for you. You have to fix this. What? If you take you take your 24 hours of C-SPAN, you distill it into the 40 important minutes and make it a puppet show. <laughs> Maybe a comic book every week. Yeah. That, you know, oh my God. that would be the greatest. That, that, would, that is a wonderful idea. <laughs> Rob's 24 hours of C-SPAN in one minute. Because you can, I mean, a lot of it's just people standing up. No, I like the puppet down. idea. Like the, the puppet yeah, idea. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mitch McConnell puppet could have no chin. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it could be Muppets. They should be Muppets. Oh, yeah. Sea Muppets. And that was that could be where you got your 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 sponsor jackets on. Is you would you would put the sponsor patches on your puppets and then describe C SPAN. So, so if you could take a week of C SPAN and distill it down to a twenty minute episode, do you think that's possible? Yeah. I, I think so. I mean once a week. Alright, you get to work on that. I'm I, gonna write the real story of Hanukkah. I got a puppet guy. Alright. We're gonna change the fucking world. Yeah, we are. From Trumptonimo Bay. <laughs> you get to work on Trumptonimo Bay. I'm writing the real story of Hanukkah. You get to work on the puppet show. Trumptonimo Bay and Resort, can I help you? 
<laughs> I'm sorry, no Christians allowed. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Muslims? Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Plenty of accommodations Lots of openings, lots of openings. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> but accurate. This song is called Baby Don't You Cry. Find more episodes of The No Cry Zone at thenocryzone.com. Tweet Rob, John, and Dave at No Cry Zone. And find The No Cry Zone on Facebook. Listen to every Abnormal Entertainment show on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, our YouTube channel, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to visit abnormalentertainment.com. You've been listening to The Abnormal Entertainment Network.